Good morning. Who doesn't love the Sabbath? Especially a Sabbath like today. What, a, what an amazing day. I was uh, driving down the highway today and just the beautiful sunshine and everybody seemed to be smiling because we're getting unseasonably warm, awesome weather today. And, and that's uh, just a blessing. It's a blessing to be here with you this morning. Uh, it's been a long time since we were able to worship together. Thank you, Pastor, for your invitation. Thank you all for your patience in advance. Um, a lot of things I want to say today and I'll try to be um, careful with my time. Sue Ellen, thank you for reminding me that I need to be a good steward of my time this morning, okay? I, I, I do want to say the pressure's on, okay? So <laughs> thank you. I do, I do have to say, I, I, don't, um, I don't give sermons. I don't know how to give sermons. I don't preach. I don't know how to preach. All I can do is, is, is share with you what the Lord's trying to do through Scripture here and here. I, I can only share what he's trying to do with me. What, what Elizabeth read to us this morning is what I want to share, what the Lord's trying to do in, in, in this, this place uh, for myself. And so that's what, that's what I want to do this morning is sh- to share with you briefly. Before I do that, though, I think it's important. I'd like to share with you a little bit of information from the, the, the Treasury Office at the Southern New England Conference. I, I really, I, I can't believe it. We closed the books for, for October. And uh, believe it or not, our tithes across the conference are now equal with the tithes that we received by this same time last year. You know there's been struggles. (laughs) You know. And you know we took a deep, deep uh, uh, dip. But uh, by God's grace and your faithfulness, your faithful stewardship, as a matter of fact, I looked up this church. This church is actually actually ahead of where you were last year. And to God be the glory. That's just just amazing that God has sustained us and allowed us to be able to worship him in our giving, to worship him in every way. That's, that's, um, the Lord's grace is stunning again and again. He, he's just amazing. His grace is amazing. Um, I, I will say in, in full disclosure, our, our offerings, the offerings that come into the conference to s- support things like, like uh, student scholarships, uh, building programs, evangelistic programs, we're, we're a little bit down in that area. Um, I, I'm not panicking about it because God is good and I know he's going to sustain us. I know we're going to do well. In spite of this, uh, the, the Lord has, has blessed in, in ministry. Ministry in the Southern New England Conference on Cape Cod is alive and well. Ministry is, no, no matter what, <laughs> ministry is alive and well and perhaps more, more, more needed, more relevant today than ever before. Technology has created opportunities for this church, for all of our churches. Technology has created opportunities and pathways that we wouldn't have anticipated even a year ago. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have anticipated the opportunities that we have as a result of the technology, as basically as a result of the things uh, that are going on. Um, Seventh-day Adventist education prospers, and, and we're really... We're really humbled and, 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 and grateful for the, really the God-ordained work that's going on, the energy and the strength and the dedication and the sacrifice and the teamwork, the adaptability, the, the uh, pinch-hitting that's going on, the creativity that's going on in our schools, in our classrooms, in this school and these classrooms, uh, the ministry that's going on in our school. We praise God that that's alive and well and strong. We're humbled and we're so grateful. Glory goes to God. Much, much has happened since, since 
our last time together, the last time I had the opportunity and the privilege to come and stand and worship with you, um, so much has happened. No one would have ever predicted 2020. We, we would have never, never imagined what that would be, a global pandemic that's affecting us the way it is, with the suffering that goes on with it, the conflict, the political drama, everything that's going on with this global pandemic. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of initiated a, an economic, economic pandemic um, that, that I believe we still have, have yet to see the results of that um, as, as that uh, fully uh, manifests itself. Um, renewed uh, an increasingly divisive um, racial relations in our, in our country. Who would have predicted we'd go, we'd go so far backward in 2020? Wildfires, wildfires we're reading about in the West, unprecedented wildfires in the West and hurricanes in, this, in the South and a crazy, crazy political uh, environment that we're going through. And then just in recent days and weeks, a resurgence, a resurgence of the virus. It's truly an amazing time that we're living in. This is unprecedented and amazing times uh, for to, to be about the Father's business. And that's us in this room, that's, that's our business. We're about the Father's business, and these are amazing times. This, this is a time that calls for authentic, truly authentic uh, Christianity in a world that's so deeply affected by fear and, and confusion and, 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 and chaos and, and, and controversy. Dr. Martin Luther King said something that I, I just find so powerful this morning, today, today. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. The ultimate measure of a man, and I'll add a woman, all of us, the ultimate measure is, is where we stand in times of challenge and controversy. In this context, I'd like us to consider what uh, Elizabeth read to us this morning, um, the Beatitudes um, that she read. She, she did it, Elizabeth, I don't, she, she, did, she did a beautiful, be thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. You did that so well, and I knew you would. I knew the minute I saw you and met you, you'd do well, and thank you for that. Did a beautiful job. I remember actually as, as a child in, in school, and I went to Seventh-day Adventist schools, um, I remember actually they had us memorize. We, we just thought this was unbelievable that they would, you know, they had us memorize the Beatitudes and I, and I think it's a, a wonderful thing. Some of us, some of us will remember, um, well, a few of us will remember the um, Kellogg's company, the, the cereal company, had a promotional advertisement they ran in the late 80s, early 90s uh, for, for, their, for their original product line, the Kellogg's Corn Flakes. The Kellogg's cornflakes have been around forever, and their little slogan was, taste them again for the first time. Taste them again for the first time. Um, I'm still amazed, as, as, as we go through this, as Elizabeth read this, I'm still amazed at the, at the wisdom and the power and the love that's poured into these perhaps counterintuitive passages. Blessed are, blessed are the poor in spirit, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are mourning. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed 
are the meek. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's a blessing in that. Blessed are the peacemakers. But then blessed are you when you're persecuted, when you're insulted. Blessed are you when you're lied about. You're blessed. You're blessed, Scripture tells us. In the beginning of this passage, Matthew 1 and and, and 2, before we even get to the Beatitudes part, before we even get to verse 3, the Beatitudes part, we get a little bit of a a background as to what's going on. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down and his disciples came to him. His disciples came to him. His disciples came near him. I'd like to think that if this were happening today, we would consider ourselves his disciples and we'd be wanting to get near him. He went up, he sat down on the the hillside, his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He began to teach them. As I said, I've been trying to, I've been trying to, process this myself. And, and I wonder if I were there, if I were there, maybe would I have been thinking that Jesus was going to say to me the things that he said that day on the hillside? Would I be thinking that maybe he, Scripture tells us he drew a crowd. There was a crowd. There was a big crowd. Would I be thinking, what's he going to say to these people? You know, how's he going to address those others, those others? How's he, you, you know, the, the, the misguided, the misinformed, the unchurched, the lost, how is he going to address them? So I'd like to imagine together, if you would, I'd like to imagine together that, that it is happening today. This, this, this is happening. Jesus has come. It is happening today. It's happening in a local area, a local public area. Let's, you know, the, um, that, old, that old town hall in Barnstable, the old, old town hall building there with the beautiful grounds around it. Let's just, let's just imagining it's, imagine that it's happening today and, and that we're there. This group, we decide he's going to be there at 2 o'clock. We're going to be there. We're not going to miss that. Let's, let's just... Imagine that we're there. Not, you know, not just the believers, though. Everyone's there. Everyone, the first thing we notice is everyone's there. This is a curiosity. The noisy guy on the skateboard with the language, he's there, okay? Starving for attention, as usual, he's there. The recreational marijuana crowd, the stoners, they're all there. Everyone's curious. The Budweiser's feeling no pain. They're there. They're feeling good about this. The crook from the dealership, he's there. The wealthy, the smug, the know-it-alls, the curious, the bizarre. Everybody's there, and we're thinking to ourselves, because we're kind of together, we've gone over excited about this, and we're thinking, what in the world? <laughs> what is he going to say to this group? What is he going to say to these people? Will he, will he try to float the health message? Will he try to do that? I mean, here he is, you know, mid-cape, Will he try to float the health message, the body temple? It makes sense. I just heard a testimony yesterday about somebody who got the message of the body temple and gave up smoking after years and years and years and never had another cigarette again, understanding the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. How can I, how can I possibly, right? Maybe he'll float that message. And because he's who he is, maybe he floats it successfully, you know? Maybe prophecy. 
Maybe he gets up there and he says prophecy and everybody realizes the Seventh-day Adventists have had it figured out for years. Maybe he tries to float. Maybe he tries to do the prophecy thing, the 2300 days. How about the Sabbath? Maybe he tries to, to float the Sabbath, we're thinking to ourselves. Needing no introduction, he begins to speak. Immediately, remember, we're there. We're there. Immediately, we notice an energy in his voice. We notice an energy and a kindness and a composure and an authority and a warmth. And he simply, the way he talks, the way he talks, he captivates instantly. We're told this, we're told this through the spirit of prophecy. Ellen White talks about this a lot. The way he spoke, the gentle and authoritative mixture in his, in his voice, the way he, he just commanded authority and captivated people's in, interests uh, like no other. So he begins to speak. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Wow, I'm thinking. I didn't expect that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed? Blessed? Well, some of them, and I look around, I look at the whole group, and I look around, and some of them look blessed, and others not so much. Not so much. A lot of these folks look like they've never been in a church in their lives. I get the poor in spirit thing, but, but blessed? Blessed? It's not the way I expected he would start. Just not what I was expecting. Blessed, he continues, blessed are those who mourn. Really? Blessed are those who mourn. You know, I kind of nudge a couple of you. How come it feels like he's looking over here at our section? How come it feels like he's looking here? There's a big crowd here, and skateboard guy, he's annoying. Why is he looking over here? Shouldn't he be looking at the Budweiser crowd? The marijuana crowd? The car dealer? Do I look like I'm mourning? Do I look like I'm mourning? Does he think I'm mourning? He keeps looking at me. Does he think I'm mourning? Does he know who I am? I'm on his side. I'm one of the disciples. I'm on, I'm, I, mean, I came up, I sat close. I want to hear. You, do, do you think I'm mourning? Blessed are the meek. The meek? The meek? Sit quietly by? Just those who just sit quietly by and just let things, just let the whole thing come unraveled? Blessed are the meek? Let the whole thing fall apart? Blessed? Where, I wonder in my own mind, where in the world is he going with this? Where's, where's he going with this? And, and how's he going to, when's he going to confront some of the real issues here in this community? Some of the stuff that's going on. You got the Budweiser's, you got the stoners, you got, when are we going to address some of the real stuff, I'm wondering? What about the Sabbath? What about the health message? What about the mark of beast? How about this? How about this? I'm thinking in my mind. How about this? Blessed are those who attend church on the biblical Sabbath every week. That's what they need to hear. That's what they need. This community would be a better community, a stronger community, if people would just 
come and join in fellowship. When are we going to get that message? You can be blessed when you come to the Cape Cod Seventh-day Adventist Church on Falmouth Road every Sabbath on the true Sabbath. He goes on. You're blessed when you hunger and thirst for true righteousness. Amen. 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 And I study my lesson. I've even taught the lesson before. I study my lesson. I'm hungering and thirsting, but I want to know about Romeo over there. I want to know about that guy over there, Romeo. He's hungering and thirsting for something, clearly. Clearly, he's hungering and thirsting for, for something. And what's he doing in here anyway? Why is he here? You are blessed, he continues. Still looking at me, looking at us. He's still looking at us. He says, you're blessed when you show mercy. 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 Mercy isn't what Romeo needs. R Romeo needs some manners, okay? Romeo needs to, to get a... Romeo needs to do things differently. And what about the crook over there from the dealership? If he had shown me a little bit of mercy... I could have saved $1,500. Okay, a little mercy coming that way. When are you going to speak to them? When are you going to speak to him? Where are you going with this, Lord? Where are you going? I'm, I'm, I'm your disciple, but where are you going with this? Imagine with me just even a little bit deeper. Just a little bit deeper. And again, I'm sharing with how the Lord's trying to reach me. How's he trying to reach me? So there I am. There we are. I'm feeling a little bit off balance with the whole thing. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Those who are meek. Just let the whole thing fall apart. I'm feeling a little bit unraveled. I'm feeling a little bit off balance with this. And then imagine further. Imagine this now. Imagine this. Imagine the Holy Spirit begins to communicate. That's still small inner voice while I'm having my panic attack over when are you going to address these people and when are you going to straighten them out the 2300 days and the Holy Spirit actually can cut through that and reach inside of me imagine I hear the voice of the Spirit of God the Holy Spirit saying to me why do you think I'm looking at you why do you think I'm looking at you? Why are you so worked up and worried about them, whoever you've decided that they are, why are you so worried about them? Maybe, maybe, Tom, maybe I'm trying to reach you with this one. Maybe this one's for you. Maybe I'm trying to reach you. Did it occur to you that you, Tom, you, you might be that one who's poor in spirit? Did it occur to you that as you're all gathered here, the disciples, the ones who supposedly are believers, did it occur to you that I'm looking at you for a reason that your own Spirit is in poverty. Your own spiritual relationship with me 
that you are the poor in spirit. When you recognize this, Tom, when you recognize this, then I'll be able to reach you. Then I can reach you. And then you will be truly blessed. When I can reach beyond all the nonsense, when I can reach beyond all the stress and all the clutter and all the trying to do this and trying to do that and trying to fix this and trying to be that, when I can reach beyond that, then you can be blessed. When you actually have sorrow, when you're actually truly in deep regret and sorrow because of your own spiritual emptiness, Tom, I'll be able to comfort you. And the comfort that I can give you is like no comfort you can get anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. He continues, blessed are the pure in heart. I want to save you, Tom. I want to save you and you and you and you and you. I want to save you from yourself. I want to save you from yourself. Your habits are good. You're a gold star churchy, faithful steward, but you need a new heart. You need a new heart. You need a new heart every day, Tom. You need, to be, you need to be born new, a new heart every single day. I want to change your heart now. People don't care how much you've heard it. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That kind of heart, Tom. That kind of heart. I want you to have that kind of heart. A, a heart that cares so deeply. A heart that is gracious and understanding and forgiving of everyone, of everybody in this group, of everyone that's annoying you in this group. The car dealer, the stoner, the skateboard. I want you to be forgiving and loving and gracious to them because I love every single one of them. I love them so much. I'm so excited about their possibility. I so much want them to get to the kingdom, to be part of the kingdom. I want you to be part of bringing them to the kingdom. I want to bring you to a heart that's gracious and understanding and forgiving. I want to bring you there. I'm trying to change your heart and thoughts towards these people. The ones you're looking down at your nose at, Tom. The ones that annoy you, especially the ones that annoy you. I love them all. He continues, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Will see God. If you're looking for fault, if you're looking for imperfections, if you're looking for how people are messing up, you will find it. You will see it. You will uncover it. You will find it. If you're looking for evil, you will find it. If you're seeking purity, you'll see God. You'll see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. The peacemakers. Those who seek to turn conflict into harmony. Those who seek to turn division into unity. This is a gift. This is a gift. This is a gift in a chaotic and desperately divided world today. 
Blessed are the peacemakers. I want you to be that person. I want you to be that person who can, who can create unity, who can bring people together, who can cause harmony. I want you to be that person. Those who strive to bring unity and harmony and peace are promised a special relation with my Father in heaven. They'll be called the children of God. The children of God. You're blessed when you're persecuted because of me, really. You're blessed when you're persecuted because of me, he says. And he's still looking at us. He's still looking at us. You're blessed when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say, they tell lies about you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Really? Really? And the Holy Spirit starts again. Yes, you're blessed. You're blessed under these circumstances. You're blessed when this is happening. You're blessed when you're persecuted. You're blessed when people are lying about you because of me, lying about your motives. You're blessed. You're even blessed. Remember, remember, this is the choice that you made. Remember, Tom, this is the choice that you made. And you, choose, you chose well. You chose well. You're fed up with evil, and you took your stand. Remember, Tom, you were fed up. You were fed up with the small living. You were fed up with the colorless dreams. You were fed up, and you took your stand. You wanted this fight. You wanted to be part of this. You enlisted. You weren't afraid. You were not afraid. Remember that day when you finally just dropped to your knees and said, Lord, as for me and my household, we will we will serve the Lord. Remember that. Remember that. You wanted this. You're not surprised by the insults, Tom. You're not surprised. My precious servants and, 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 and prophets from days long ago were treated this way. They've been treated this way since the beginning. You're not surprised. You wanted this. This is what you want. You're in great company. There's an army of believers. You're in great company. No weapon formed against you can prosper. In every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. This is biblical truth. This is biblical truth. You wanted this. They can't kill your spirit. And they won't separate us. The words, the accusations, it'll never separate us. Nothing can separate us. Biblical truth, nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate you, Tom. Nothing can separate any one of us from the love of Christ, from the love of God that's in Jesus Christ. You've chosen well. You've chosen me. You've chosen life for yourself, for your children, for your family, for your loved ones. You've chosen well. I will never abandon you or forsake you. You are blessed. Blessed are you. You are blessed. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad because great, as Elizabeth said, great is your reward in heaven. The Beatitudes stretch us a little bit. As I've been giving these 12 versus some consideration in my own time, they stretch me. They stretch me. 
especially the part about insulting me. I'm not feeling blessed about that, okay? They stretch me. They turn my natural human thinking on end. They really do. They really do. In these 12 verses, as we look at it carefully, Jesus is articulating the kind of warfare that he seeks in each and every one of us who call ourselves believers. He is looking at us when he's saying these words. He's looking right at us. The message is, in fact, the Beatitudes are for the believers who came close, the disciples who came close that day, the disciples who are coming close today by coming together and worshiping God. The message is is specifically for me and for us. He's enlisting us. He's enlisting us today for such a time as this with these words written so long ago and recorded because the Holy Spirit thought these words should be recorded for endless ages so long ago are for today. He's enlisting an army that, that's built on complete trust, complete trust in the goodness and the grace of our Heavenly Father. He's enlisting an army that knows without doubt or without question that God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. This army of believers, the people in this room, us, will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, this army will know that there is, in fact, a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within this city. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Of break of day. Nations, this morning, nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is faithful 
When we're, our, when we're poor in spirit, when our spirits are sagging, God is faithful. He's faithful when we mourn. His voice is our strength. When, we, when, we, when our heads are bowed, when we have no answer, when we don't know, he's our answer. He's our fullness when we hunger and thirst. His mercy and grace is beyond measure. He will guide us to whatever is pure. He's the great prince of, pre, prince of peace. He's our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I want to wish you all a very blessed Sabbath. A wonderful Thanksgiving. We've been given all kinds of rules as to how we have to do Thanksgiving, but they can't change the Thanksgiving that's in our hearts. We are blessed. God has been good. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to worship you with you this morning. God bless.